Am I, uh, how many of you guys got a little bit too much sun yesterday? Did we get sunburn yesterday? I did, yep. You had the aloe out for the first time of the spring, yep, on my forehead, good stuff. Well, hey, welcome to K2. We're so glad that you're here today. And uh, how many of you guys came out to the family AC night on Friday, right? So, so good. Thank you so much for coming. Man, we as a church are excited today to talk about K2 today and going forward into the future, and we're glad you're here with us. I want to actually introduce someone to you in the process. You know what? God has a story for you and I, right? And each one of our stories is different, and we always like to tell stories about how people come to know him here right from among us. So would you like to meet somebody? All right. Hey, Danielle, come on up. This is Danielle Caldwell. Give her a hand as she comes. And uh, Danny, thanks for joining us this morning. And um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Danny is at the U just finishing. And uh, tell us a little bit about where you're from. And I think if you just talk into it, it should be good okay. to go. Um, I am a fifth year at the New University of Utah. And I'm graduating this May, hopefully. And right. in Congratulations. Yeah, yeah, thank you. In biology. And I was on the swim team for the past four years at the U. Excellent. And so you told me you're done swimming. Yes, I am done. <laughs> I am done, sadly. But it's also a good thing. I get to pursue other things in my life. So tell us what brought you to K2 and kind of your spiritual background and what all's happened here. So I was um, born and raised in a Catholic household, going to Catholic church every weekend. And um, it was great. I was raised believing in God, but um, God kind of was left at church. We didn't talk about him in our household, and um, he never really, I didn't have a relationship with him, and I didn't necessarily connect in, a, in the, that church setting. And when I came to college, one of my friends was like, hey, you should try out K2 when you go there. And so I'm from Phoenix, Arizona, and so it was kind of weird. They like happened to know of a friend at K2, and I'm like, okay, that's pretty cool. Like, yeah, let's definitely go. So I went by myself, totally nervous. I am not good with like new situations at all. And I was all by myself, and my coach and his wife actually were there. And, like, I knew at that moment, like, I was meant to be where I was there. Huh. And um, I loved K2. K2's message, I felt, was very, like, um, relational to me. Like, I was able to relate to it and understand it. And for the first time in my life, I started having a relationship with God and Christ. That's so cool. And tell us about you got baptized this last year? Yeah. So, um the next three years of my spiritual journey, I um, developed more of a relationship with Christ um, and Jesus, but I wouldn't let God have control of my life. I was very good at keeping him in the corner hmm. and being like, all right, I'm still in control. I don't want you to have control because that was <laughs> something that was very scary to me. And this fall, I had been praying for a couple months that I was like, okay, God, like, I'm done. Like, I am so done. Please take control of my life because I can't do this anymore. Um, my life was not going where I wanted it to be. I was done swimming. I was at a difficult transition in my life. And um, I just needed God to take the reins. And one day I was sitting at K2, and he did that. He That's just completely so changed me. And I knew at that moment, like, I was like, thank you, Lord. And I was ready to be baptized into my newfound faith and commitment. Yeah, thank you. How many of you guys can relate to that? How God at points in your life, absolutely. God at points in your life, you know, like today's a day that I'm deciding to give more of myself to you. 
I am going to walk with you going forward. Man, I just, I love that. Um, so tell us how that started to flush out, because it seems like I see you everywhere. I see you serving in Adventure Canyon. I see you downtown on the street with, with your friend. Tell, tell us about that. So as soon as I started to commit my life to Christ, I was definitely called out. God was like, all right, so what are you doing? You're living for me. What are you going to do about that? I was like, well. <laughs> so um, one day at church, I just went and like signed up for like five different things. And I was like, okay, like put me somewhere. And I started serving in Adventure Canyon. And I started going down um, downtown and working in street crew. And um, both of those like impacted my life significantly. Um, the kids up in Adventure Canyon are amazing. And um, they're so inspirational to like see their faith and see their walks in Christ with um, Christ and God. Um, not having the young faith like I wanted to, it's really cool to be able to walk with them and be there for them during that time. Mm. So that's very awesome. And um, being able to go downtown, that has been something that's very eye-opening and humbling. Mm. It's people with almost next to nothing in their lives are so happy and thankful for what they do have. Like, we have houses, we have food, we have families, and some of them don't have any of that, and they're happier than we are. And um, all what they want sometimes is just someone to listen, someone to talk to and feel like they're being heard and that they're a person. And it's been really great to go down there and meet them and hear their stories and just be that person, just sit next to them on the side of the street. Cool. And uh, tell us about your friend, because you've kind of entered yes. into a special friendship downtown. Mm -hmm. So um, we ha I've made what it's called a committed friendship downtown with a lady named Chris. And she is just a warm-hearted, like, wonderful lady. Mm. And we're currently trying to get her housing and so I go down there about once or twice a week whenever I can and talk to her go get coffee with her and we're I've gone to a housing meeting with her and we're just we're trying to get her off the street and into a safer environment with uh, if you haven't heard of committed friendship before sometimes we just meet people and we know that God calls us out to be a friend to them to say I'm gonna I'm just gonna I'm gonna do life with you and I'm gonna be a friend to you and so Danny's doing that as well uh, downtown. Um, hey, we're excited. Danielle's talking about coming with us in the fall to Swaziland and even considering spending a few months there afterwards as a pre-med student, developing relationship and helping us really with a medical program that we're doing there. And all of us aren't in the same phase of life as you are, right? And so you have a lot of options. You're just finishing school. And uh, But tell us just from your point of view, if, if we're sitting in the chair here today like you were in the past, and thinking, God, I don't, I don't know if I can give my life to you. What would you, how would you encourage us today? I would definitely just say prayer. Because I knew at that moment when I gave my life, like, it wasn't me. I couldn't give my life away because I had tried to for two years. Like, I, like, sat there, like, begging to, like, give my life mm -hmm. away. And in that moment, like, it was God that came and, like, took me and was like, you're in my life now. So, awesome. Can, can we say thank you to Danielle? Thank you so much. Danielle, thank you. And uh, again, we know that your story is probably a lot like hers. Details are different, right? But when we share stories, we want to share them, not only because we love what we see God doing in that person, but because we know that those steps of faith are similar for each one of us, right? And today could be that day where you have a step of faith that God's calling you to, even today.
And so uh, I just want to share with you a couple of the really cool things that God is doing here at K2. Again, how many of you guys were here at, at AC night uh, on Friday? Fantastic. Our Adventure Canyon program, week after week after week, changing the lives of hundreds of young people. Student ministry, the same. Um, man, they just, uh, they, they just next weekend are taking over 1,000 total students from all over the valley to the Spring Fling here, Friday night all the way through till Saturday morning, which probably feels like three days, even though it's only 12 hours, right? That's going to happen this next weekend. Um, man, uh, we, how, many guys are, how many guys have been involved with uh, Mission 316, right, the men's group? Uh, we have a group of men that serve and work and they, they just help out people all around. And they actually just got back from San Jose, where you remember Jairo and Lourdes, who used to be pastoring in Honduras, our partners in, in Honduras. They're here in San Jose now. They had a housing situation where they needed, so a whole group of our men went there and were helped funded through here and were absolutely blessing the, the, the family, and they took care of their whole house. Our prayer response team, many of you have been coming forward, even on days like today, to, to pray with people, and many people have given their lives to Christ and been ministered to here in the last couple months that our prayer response team has been serving and working. We hosted a church planters summit, maybe you guys don't know that, back in October, with over 60 planters who are planting churches up and down the Wasatch Front. 30, over 30 people last week signed up for the Orphan Care 101 class, if you were here. If you're interested in orphan or foster care, there's a new class starting, and over 30 people signed up last week. Hundreds of people participated last year in the K25K. How many of you guys were in the K25K last year, right? And uh, we're doing another one of those this June. Sign up for that. Um, we have, so we have uh, a couple of different boards of leaders, the Spiritual Advisory Board that continually is praying for you and asking God for us as direction as a church and our Business Advisory Board which really, in the, in the light of working on and working towards our lease and our new move forward, have been spending literally hundreds of man hours working for us as a body going forward. I actually want to invite um, Eric Winter and Dave York, who's on our business advisory board, to come on up. They're going to actually share with us a little bit of an update and some of the exciting things that are going on here in our church about our facility as you've been praying with us and for us in this process. Thank you, guys. Is this working? Okay, there we go. Um, so I get a question a lot, you know, as we look at the facilities and whatnot, are we just about numbers here at K2? Well, quite frankly, we are because numbers are people, and people, when they experience the story of God's grace and love, have life transformation, just like Danielle. And so I am so glad we had room for her that she could come and not only have that life experience but, uh, or, or life change, but then take it out into the streets and have that multiplication. Um, the reality is, though, here at our facility, we're currently maxed. I added it up. Last year, in 2013, we had 68,000 visits uh, to K2. Not necessarily unique visitors, but every time you come in the doors, some of that's uh, people coming every week, some that's coming occasionally, but 68,000 visits last year. That averages out to about 1,300 people uh, coming in on any given Sunday. Um, and the reality is, that's about the most that we can fit here. We are at about capacity at this facility. One of the things that I love about K2 is that we're not a church that says the lifeboat's big enough because I'm already in it, right? We want that lifeboat to be bigger 
because we want to have room for more people to come in. And so that's what started us down the road of saying, okay, what are we going to do from a facility standpoint? Where are we going to look? So a lot of you know, if you've been here for any long length of time, I mean, we've been looking for years, and, and lately uh, we've shared a whole lot with you about the Fun Dome and, and uh, the deal that we're trying to work out to get in there and share that with a uh, charter school that's, that's going in there. And we've tried to do the best we can to, uh, to give you updates without also taking you on like the roller coaster ride of deals like this and construction and things of that nature. But I want to share with you just a little bit, uh, just kind of where we've been over the last several months, just so that you understand uh, that a lot of work's been going on and, 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 and who's been uh, involved doing that. And so back in December, we received uh, kind of our first cost estimates based on uh, designing that facility to meet our needs. And, uh, you know, as you know, our, our Everyone Matters campaign brought in $3 million. And so we've set ourselves a budget of no more than $3.5 million of what we felt like we can afford well to to make this transition and these initial bids came in at almost five million dollars well obviously the five was right but on the wrong side of the decimal there so um we said we got to make some changes and so we went and we looked at we looked at our design and, and and made some changes and then you know in january got a new estimate and you know we we're all anticipating that being down there right around our budget and it came in at like four and a half million dollars and i'm like wait a minute, you guys forgot to take off this addition that we cut out. I'm like, no, we, we took that out. But other costs and as design, you know, continue to evolve, uh, we found more expenses. So we went back again and have uh, been working at looking at saying, we've been committed to say this, this change is only makes sense if we can make more room for more people to come and more people to experience what we all experience here on a Sunday. So Cutting the number of seats wasn't an option. We need to look at what other ways can we make this work and get this done within budget. And so we've been continuing to do that. And, and we've been close, and then it creeps up, and it comes down. And so it's been a bit of a ride. But the reality is this, is that uh, this last Monday, our construction documents went out to bid, which means we finished our design. We believe it's a design that should meet all the needs that we have and uh, stay within our budget. But now is when the rubber meets the road, and that's when our, the real contractors who would be doing the work are bidding on these, and those bids are going to be due in the next week and a half. So this is a critical time for every one of us just to be praying and asking God to move and to bring us to the right contractors at the right price so that all of this work that's been done over these last several months comes in uh, within the budget of what uh, we believe we can afford um, to do uh, at this time. At the same time, all that's been going on, we've been working through just the lease and the shared use agreement with the school and with the uh, developers, and hours and hours have been going in from our board. Uh, you know, David and Don Soper and Kevin Lathrop and Bill Townsend are some of the folks that have just literally put hours in uh, to try to make sure that every detail of that uh, makes sense uh, for us as a church and that it's not overreaching what we believe we can do, uh, but also not uh, being overly conservative and not and miss a great opportunity so it's a it's a real fine balancing act that we've been walking these last uh, uh, months and I'm thankful for this team of our leaders on our business operations board to uh, to be leading us through that I was telling Eric you know the Israelites uh, took them about 40 years and they wandered quite a bit but they ended up going about 200 miles it's taken us about eight months into a six mile move so biblically we're about right on track um, so <laughs> If you look at uh, those 68,000 visitors, as I mentioned, it costs us about $5 uh, per visit uh, to have the facilities that we have here. 
but we're maxed at capacity. One of the things that's exciting to us about the Fund Dome is that it allows us to double that capacity, but ultimately at about the same cost, at about $5 per person. Um, but it allows us to increase the access to uh, square footage. Right now we're at about 35,000 square feet. This would allow us access to about 155,000 square feet. So right now we're paying just under $10 a square foot here. Our average cost of the Fund Dome would be about 3 to $4 a square foot. So amazing what it allows us to do. And the whole reason we're able to do that is because we have a partner, right? The school, a school, is a perfect partner for a church because they want and need the facilities at a time when, for the most part, we're not using it. And we want and need the facilities, for the most part, at a time that they're not using it. So it really allows us, through that partnership, to leverage down our costs and make affordable what otherwise would not be very affordable. And really, our only other option would be to stay here. And really, if we want to make an impact uh, for the gospel in this valley and we want to reach more people, we're limited here. We're capped here. And so that's why we're looking. Now, none of this would be possible without the Everyone Matters campaign and what people have given, are giving, and will give. And so I want Eric to just touch base on that. Yeah, um, just another couple quick points on that is this, is that we've looked for a long time as well to say, well, what if we were to buy something? And... Uh, and here's the reality. Over For almost three years, we've looked at trying to buy something, and everything uh, is somewhere between 10 to $12 million to buy it and then to, to renovate it to uh, make it useful for the use you know, that we have as a church. And uh, you know, when Dave talks about it, it's just under $10 here, and it's about 3 to $4 at the, at the Fund Dome. That would go up to over $12 a square foot if we went there. And the reality is we just can't afford it. Um, and so when we look at these deals, this, this deal with the Fund Dome and partnering with the school is really by far the best uh, economic deal that we have out there that we can afford and keeps us moving forward. But all of that obviously is contingent upon our Everyone Matters campaign and our, and our giving here. And so first and foremost, thank you uh, to every one of you who have, have made a commitment and a pledge to Everyone Matters and for who, those of you who have already begun to, uh, to, to uh, fulfill those needs. And all I can do is just encourage you to say it's critical for us that we, every one of us has made a commitment that we do fulfill that. And uh, if, if, if that's something that you're not sure, like I made this commitment, but I'm not even sure how to do it, email me, call me. I'm glad to help you. But the simple answer is write Everyone Matters on your check and drop it in the offering or go online and you'll see options for Everyone Matters there. Um, and so we try to make it as, as simple as possible for you. But I recognize that sometimes what simple doesn't make sense either for some people. So please, um, you know, don't ever hesitate to let us know uh, if you need some help and just figuring out how uh, and when is the best way for you to make uh, those commitments. And then if you haven't uh, jumped in yet and God is moving in your heart in some way to say, I want to be a part of this, there's still time. Um, check with out at the information desk. They can get you uh, pledge cards and there's still time for you to jump in. Um, but thank you uh, for being willing to be a part of this. And uh, it's exciting to see where God's going to lead us next. And so Dave's going to come up and share some more with us about uh, where we're going from here. Hey, would you guys give it up for these guys for um, all the <clears throat> work? Man, I just, I just want to tell you, I, I have been in meetings because you know I am not the financial guy of the church. And everybody say thank you. Um, but when I have sat in these meetings, I I've so often wish there was a camera so that you could watch the unbelievable commitment and love and dedication 
that the people are right here who sit with you every week are giving to this. People with full-time jobs almost working another job just to make sure that the very best thing can happen for K2 and God's advancement. It's, it's a really unbelievable thing. And it's interesting because Chris Harding is here today. And Chris actually was the chairman of our business operations board. And he's here today. And I just caught him in the back and he said, Dave, he goes, it's so exciting to me. He goes, because I've always been thinking, it's like, man, if they would just do a lease in this fund dome instead of try to purchase this thing, that would be such a smarter move. And then he's like, and that's what's happening. And it was just Again, confirmation for us that guys who've been involved in this process um, are, are, are great. So pray for them, okay? Pray for them and be committed to prayer for this process. So um, let's pray right now, too. I, I just want, because I just want to tell you what I'm going to share with you today really is. I, I believe where we're at as a, as a church is a crossroads. So if you've come here today and this is your first time here, it's a little bit different um, what, we're, what we're sharing today, but this is kind of like a family chat, so welcome to our living room. <laughs> and what, it really is. Welcome to our living room, and, if, uh, and you're just going to hear some heart and soul of where we're at today and where we're going. But I cannot wait to share God's word with you right now, all right? So let's ask him to come. Jesus, thank you for this place. Thank you for creating K2 the church. Thanks for this idea where many, many, many people have come to realize there is a God who loves them so much that he would give his very life for them, and they have found you. We thank you for that, and we pray that you would continue your work here in fullness. And now I ask that you would just grant me grace and mercy to speak your word, and may your Holy Spirit come into this place and speak directly to our hearts. You know and you love every one of us here individually, but even more importantly, you love us. You love us. So we just ask for you to come in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Saint uh, Irenaeus, long time ago, fantastic little quote. He said this, the glory of God is man fully alive. The glory of God is when a man or a woman is fully alive. Nothing brings God glory more. John Eldridge quotes, and he says this, Hope unbidden arose at the thought that God's intentions toward me might be better than I'd thought. His happiness and my happiness are tied together my coming fully alive is what he's committed to? That's the offer of Christianity? Wow! I mean, it would make no small difference if we knew, and, and I mean really knew, that down deep in your toes kind of knowing that no one and nothing can talk you out of. If we knew that our lives and God's glory were bound together. Things would start looking up. It would feel promising because the offer is life. Make no mistake about that. So then, where is that life? So just recently, I think it was not even a week ago, I started in my own personal time with God and I started a new book of the Bible and I started reading in 2 Timothy. And uh, I couldn't get past the first verse. <laughs> I, just, I read the first verse, and it just stuck with me. And here's what it says, 2 Timothy 1.1. And this is a book where Paul, the, kind of the father of the faith, is writing to a young pastor, and his name's Timothy. And he says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God 
in keeping with the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus. So Paul's saying, I found my life, and I'm, apostle of, I'm, an, I'm an apostle of Christ by the will of God, and, it, and it's in keeping with the promise of life that's in Christ. You guys, if the, if, if the glory of God is you being fully alive, and Paul's like, I found that in accordance with the promise of life, then what is that? What is the promise of life? You guys, it's the gospel. It's the good news of Christ's message that in Christ, all that we've ever done wrong against God and anything that we've done against him has been totally forgiven and all of our sins are totally wiped away. And in place of that, he puts his Holy Spirit inside our lives. We actually receive the very Spirit of God. You guys, the promise of life is that your life now gets in union with God's. And what you find when that happens is the very life of God at his core is he is love. What's life is when you are completely free from yourself, which sin just causes you to think about yourself. And Jesus comes in and he rips that apart. And instead he places his spirit inside of you. And this spirit actually sets you free from yourself. And instead, this self-giving love of God starts to overwhelm your soul. And what you realize is, that's life. I now am free from me, which brings so much oppression and so much depression and so much anxiety and so much worry. That life, you guys, the promise of life in Christ, what he has given every one of us who've received him, is a life in union with God. And what happens then is you discover the will of God for you. And then it's all that I am, all for the glory of God. You find the will of God and you find your life. Just this morning, Mary Goldring and her husband Steve, Mary's on our spiritual advisory board, and together they've been putting out a daily devotional. And it's unbelievable. So this morning, before I started preparing for today, this is what it said. When Jesus is united with your soul, the soul's tide moves back into its own, out of itself, and above all things, with grace and power, back to its prime origin. When Jesus is united with your soul, you guys, your soul finally gets power to get back to its prime origin. And the origin of your soul was in connection with God. Then your fallen fleshly self will become obedient in your inner spiritual self, which is united with Christ. And you will in turn have a lasting peace in serving God without condition or demand. If in your spirit you discover this power, you will possess a like power in whatever you do. And it's a power that will enable you to live undividedly and pure. Neither joy nor sorrow, no, nor any created thing will be able to disrupt your soul. For Christ will remain, and he will cast aside all that is insig insignificant and futile. Isn't that beautiful? That God wants to come in and so satisfy your soul and so make you alive by uniting himself with his will, 
which is always good and pleasing and perfect. And when Christ gets in there and he puts you back what you were intended to be in union with God and you start to live like God, loving others and loving him, then no matter what happens around you, it cannot disrupt your soul. And you are fully alive and it's to the glory of God. And then Jesus cuts out everything that is insignificant and futile. You guys, the life Living in the will of God is the song you're going to sing later that we sang last week. Your life is redeemed to redeem. Your life gets back in line with God so that it can be what he created it to be. And I just want to tell you, for me personally, that's what happened. This promise of life, Jesus says, if you try to save your life, you're going to lose it. But if you lose your life for me, you'll find it. And I just want to tell you, that's exactly my story. I, I, I didn't want to be a Christian. Anybody else out there? Like, I mean, how many of you go, I want to be a Christian? You know, almost everybody who I found who's come to Christ here says, I can't believe I'm a Christian. Because that is the last thing I wanted to be. But once you find the life of Christ and the promise, and I surrendered my life to him completely, I too found the promise of life. And it set me free from my own pursuits and my own selfish ambition. And it opened my eyes that the promise of life is giving your life away to God and for others. And when everybody would get that, the world would be exactly how God intended it to be. But that's what happened to me personally. But this, you guys, the same thing is true for us corporately. God has a will, and we find the will of God. God has a will for K2. He has a purpose for us, not just for you individually, but for us. And he wants us to be a family and a community that love each other so deeply from the heart that it exudes this glory of God to the world. Because now we're living in that way. And then, like we said, everyone matters. And God, through K2 the church, is longing to let his glory be displayed in our selfless giving now of our, of, to, to each other and to the world that everyone else can see the glory of God and what really is the promise of life. And so we celebrate. Like, like with Lad, I celebrate Daniel's story. I celebrate that people are coming to Christ here. And I, and I celebrate the fact that our kids are, are coming to know him and that our youth are growing in him. I celebrate the fact that people are being ministered to on our streets and all across the world. I celebrate the fact that K2U has seen hundreds of people this fall growing and understanding God more and being set free. So many things are going to come. And we do celebrate where we're going that we are seeking to know God's will for K2, the church, for the future, and to, be ten, to continue to advance what he's doing. So in the midst of this, I, I, this is what's been happening to me. I look around, and I see so much good. And every, every week, I keep hearing stories of the ministry that's happening here and the people's lives that are being changed. And we've been in this process of trying to move forward, and it's been a crazy process but it's been exciting to believe that God's not done here. So, in the midst of all he's doing, I do need to share with you our reality today. That's why we call this K2 Today and Tomorrow. And so back in January, on the first Sunday, I just shared with you because we're doing this every few months now, and I gave you our financial update. And so this last year, we had budgeted that for us weekly at 32000 I shared with you, and we were bringing in about twenty-seven five. 
And so I just shared with you guys, okay, you don't have, it doesn't take much math. I'm not a math wizard at all. But I can see that 32 and 27.5, that's, that's a problem. <laughs> and we shared with you, that's got to change. And if it doesn't change, we'd have to make some serious cuts here. So here's the deal. It's now the end of March. It's about two and a half, three months later. And we're still been stuck right at that place. So about last week or so, Eric Winter, we started our budget process for this next week. That was not a fun day. <laughs> and, and as we looked at the reality, because we're not going to continue to budget what we're not bringing in. Now, let me take you back, because I want you to make sure you understand this. A year ago, we were, for the whole year, the year previous, we had been averaging $32,500 a week. So we didn't go above that. We actually brought it down a little bit. We said, well, let's, then let's budget thirty-two. And we were so excited because, man, we knew we were going to be looking forward and advancing into the next building. And so, to be honest with you, the fact that the budget, that the giving went down to 27.5 has just been an enigma to us. It's, it's, it's been perplexing to us. Because what we know is if we were still just bringing 32 in right now, we would be so set for this next year. We'd have to make some tweaks, but we would be good. And if we were bringing just a little bit more in, we would be soaring. So... I do need to let you know, you think about this, four to five, like let's say $5,000 a week, 52 weeks, you know, we're looking at $250,000 that we would have to cut from next year's budget. Anybody ever tried to make a budget? If you do that, you guys, this is not just tweaking. I need to let you know, the reason that hurts so much for us is this is people, this is the people that you know who lead here. This is your staff who serves you in Adventure Canyon and who's loving your kids in the youth program and who's serving and leading the ministries out into our city and around the world. This is, these are the people who give their life every week for you to come here and worship. And I, I just sit there and I go, I, I just don't, I don't believe we're supposed to do this. Now, can I give you some quick numbers? On average at K2 The Church, we average about 1,000 adults every Sunday. So I asked Eric, I said, Eric, how much would we have to give just to get us back up to 32? You guys ready for this? That would be every one of you, when you came to church on Sunday, giving $6.50. $6.50. If every person we give, basically say, you know, next time you're going to buy a latte at, at Starbucks, right? You go, hmm. No, I'm going to save this for the advancement of God's kingdom to spread his love into this valley. And if we would just give $6.50, we would have everything that we need. So that's just crazy. If you average that out for the year, you guys, that is a half of a percent of the average salary in Salt Lake County. And so that's what, what happened. It's, I've been, I just want to tell you, man, I have been burdened. I have been heavy. But as I look at this, it's, it's not that we don't have the resource to do this. It is everything that God wants us to do. The resource to do it is here. And I just want to tell you, I believe with all of my heart, it is not the will of God for us to cut. <laughs> we don't advance God's kingdom by cutting. I don't think it's God's will for, him, for us to cut brothers and sisters out of jobs. I don't believe it's God's will for us to cut out our leadership. I don't believe it's God's will to cut our ministry to our children and to our youth and to those who are in need. That is not K2 fully alive. <laughs> it just isn't. 
God's will is for all of us to be living in the promise of life that's in Christ. And again, what is the promise of life? I've been set free from myself, and I'm combined, I'm unified in the will of God to move forward with him, to advance his love and his grace and his truth into this kingdom. And so I was singing about this, and I found this verse. It's in 1 Timothy chapter 6. So again, Paul's talking to pastors, and so I take this as if he's talking to me. And here's what he says. As for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty, which means high-minded, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. You guys, I love the fact, and, and I know when we hear rich, like many of us in this room right now, we're going, man, that's not me, right? Because we're in America and we see rich people. But now you all know, if you compare ourselves to the rest of the world, we're like ridiculously rich to the rest of the world. But all he's saying is, you guys, don't forget, don't put your hope in money to satisfy your life. Instead, put your hope in God because he richly provides you with everything to enjoy. It's the promise of life. And then they are to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share. Thus, storing up treasure for themselves as a good foundation for the future so that they may take hold of that which is truly life. Do you see what God's saying, you guys? Like even in our finances, we can actually take hold of that which is truly life, which means I'm in the will of God and I'm walking with him and I'm free from myself and I'm actually helping to redeem the world and to bring his love and his goodness. And what Paul was saying to Timothy is, David, or I think he's saying to me, share with the church and urge them, charge them. Be generous and willing to share. Why? Look at this. Because you will store up for yourself treasure for the future. Jesus put it this way. He said, you guys, don't store up treasure on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves can come and steal it. Instead, store up your treasure in heaven. Because where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. Where's your heart? See, my heart in giving our lives up to come out here to Salt Lake City, was my heart was God's. I totally said, just like Danielle said, as soon as she gave her life to Christ, what happened? He said, well, what are you going to do? And look at her, man. She is being used now to change the world. Her life was redeemed to redeem. And what Paul is saying to Timothy is, you guys, remember that even in your generosity, you will take hold of the life that is truly life. And that's the promise that he has for us. Here's how crazy, you guys, how intertwined this is to me. The very thing that brings life to your soul is what allows the church to bring life to the world. Can I say that again? The very thing that brings life to your soul is exactly what the church needs to bring life to the world. We started off this year talking about that we're going to be a church that responds to God. We're going to be a church that says, you know, I, I am here not to do my own thing. I'm going to do whatever God tells me to do. I think that scripture is really clear to every one of us. You do not have to wonder if God doesn't want you to be generous and willing to share. And you guys, if we are, 
then the ministry here, here, here at K2 is going to flourish and explode. So let me just give you a few of my last comments. I hope you've seen today that what you give to here is changing lives now and for eternity. I hope you can see the stories and the ministry that's just unfolding out of here. It is creating value when you give your resource here. I hope you know what God's will is now for your heart to come alive, to come alive with love for God and love for others. And I hope you now understand that even your generosity is just a sign of that, okay? Now, I also hope that you know this. This is very important. I hope you know that giving generously and financially is not, it does not garner you favor with God, okay? <laughs> this is really important to understand because some of you sitting here right now, you're hearing this message about where we're at and you're like, I knew it. Churches just want our money. And some of you, you have been in church that manipulated you and said you must give financially to be in favor with God. And I just want to say a word that's not good to come out in church about that. What we have here, you guys, it's not to garner favor with God. It is simply a result of sharing in his life that becomes evident that I don't live for me anymore. I'm redeemed from me. And I live for everybody else now. And so generosity is just a sign of the life that we have, the promise of life in Christ. And I hope you clearly know, I'm just going to be honest with you, I hope you clearly know now, we need you. If this is your church, and I look around at you, so many of you, it is. We need you. And therefore, the thousands that get ministered to through K2 the church, they need you to just respond to God and take what he's given and be generous with it. So I hope you'll wrestle. I hope you'll wrestle with the struggle against the American dream. <laughs> I hope you'll wrestle with the struggle against yourself. And here's your, I, I hope you'll wrestle with the struggle against fear. Because I do know, man, I talked to people this week. It's like, man, Dave, I'm in. I so am. But I got to be honest with you, it scares me to death to think about giving up financial stuff. I understand that. And that's why we wanted to let you know. Even, even if it was $6.50, you can take some steps, just some steps, and we will have everything that we need to do the ministry that God wants us to do in this world. You know, last week, I uh, was at a, 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 an event, and I ran into a pastor who actually moved here the same time I have, and I've never met him. It was weird. I thought, I, I mean, there are pastors I haven't met, but I was just surprised I hadn't met him. And when I found out, I was talking to him about his church. And then he said, and so who, who are you and what church are you with? Well, I'm Dave Nelson, I'm a pastor at K2. And he just said, oh, he goes, thank you. He just said, can I just thank you? He goes, I can't tell you how many conversations I've had with people whose lives have been affected through your ministry. I know people who've refound Christ here, and I know the ministry that you're doing to the community. And he just wouldn't stop. It was a little uncomfortable, to be honest with you. But he just kept saying, thank you so much. God bless you for what you're doing. And I just, can I just say, you guys, I want to say thank you. There is a ton of ministry and good stuff that happens here at K2 The Church, and it's all because of you. It's the church, and the church is you. So I just want to leave you with this verse. 2 Corinthians 8, 7 and 9 says this. But since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in the love that we have kindled in you, see that you also excel in this grace of giving.
I, I don't think I could express my heart more. As your pastor, I just want to say thank you for excelling in ministry to this community. Thank you for excelling in ministry to the world. Thank you for excelling in ministering to our children and to our youth. And so with Jesus, I just want to say, let's also excel in this other thing that will help you take hold of the life that is truly life. And let's just be generous and willing to share. I believe that God so is moving here and wants to keep moving forward. And I believe he's going to do it. We need you. We need you. So the band's going to come up and we're going to worship and let's pray. Actually, before I pray, we are, while the band, uh, 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 what are they going to do? <clears throat> Sing. <laughs> while the band uh, uh, leads us in worship, we are going to take our offering right now, which we do every week. I don't need to set it up more. I've just, I've just shared with you exactly the heart and soul of who we are. So uh, guys, why don't you greeters come forward? And uh, while they do, let, us, let me pray. Father, I thank you so much that you give us everything we need to enjoy this life, that you are that type of God. And Jesus, I praise you for the gospel. I thank you that you have come to set us free from our self-focused life and instead give us the promise of life in Christ, which is a life now that's free to love God with all that we've got and to love this world. And thank you, God, that when we do, the church actually brings glory to your name. That when we do, lives are touched and healed and redeemed and restored. So God, Holy Spirit of God, come. Thank you for resourcing us with everything that we need. And now I pray that you would just move within your people here and give us your very heart. Give us your heart, which gives generously to all. And we ask for that grace in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey guys, and, and I too, man, this song that we're going to sing, this Oceans, we've been doing this one a lot. But I just want to encourage you, as K2 keeps moving forward, think, look, listen to these words. God, you call me out upon the waters, the great unknown, where feet may fail. And there I find you in the mystery, in oceans deep, my faith will stand. And I will call upon your name, and I'll keep my eyes above the waves. When oceans rise, my soul will rest in your embrace. And I just want to tell you, this to me is K2. This was, this was Jesus calling Peter out on the water, and he walked on water where feet could fail. And I believe with all my heart that God is calling K2 out on the water. And we're walking, man. We are taking steps of faith where feet may fail. But if you keep your eyes fixed on Jesus, if you, if all of us in this room, if you'll keep, if we will keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, we will see supernatural stuff get done. Your heart will become fully alive, full of love for God and others. And this whole valley will be touched and find life. That's exactly what's going on, man. So let's stand together and let's worship this God.